podcast called uh, Dub Jellyson Podcast. First ever type 1 diabetic in UFC history. Uh, doing fine, Dub. Nice to be with you. Get out! <laughs> He's like, yeah. My tunnel vision and my periphery, I'm like all field. Hey, you know how it is, Dub. Hey, when you're, hey, when you're team. <laughs> I don't remember that. That's crazy. What's up, everyone? We're back with another episode of Dub Jellyson Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, Taylor Persons. Taylor, how you doing, man? Doing good, man. Thank you for having me on here. I'm excited to talk with you. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for coming on. No problem. I know recently, I want for well, first, I want to say congratulations on becoming a father recently. Uh, <laughs> a little month ago to a baby boy. Uh, so how's dad life been treating you? Uh, it's been amazing. It's the biggest blessing in my life. Um, I never understood how much, like, how much you could love something, you know, so small. And um, it's just a different kind of love seeing my boy for the first time. My wife had him when I was in Poland this uh you know, this year, which was kind of tough for me, but just seeing him when I got off the plane was just, you know, the best feeling of my life. It's been amazing. I love it. I love being a dad. Mm-hmm. A, lo- a few people that I know have had have had children recently, and they said that their mindset kind of changed. Did you find that too? Yeah, absolutely. It's just like you, you have to take care of another human being. I mean, I'm, I'm married, so I obviously have to take care of my wife, but when you understand what a baby, they need you to do everything, change your feet and change their diaper, give them a bath. It's just a different type of love, like I said. So definitely had to mature a little bit, to be honest. And uh, I, I think that comes with being a parent. So. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned you were over in Poland when, uh, when your wife had the, had your baby. Yeah. Uh, so what was that process like of, I saw on Instagram, you like kind of like mutually terminated your contract. I know it's kind of yeah. different over there. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was that prog- process like? Yeah, it was uh, – we were out of the playoffs, you know, attention. We only had a couple games left, and uh, they just thought – I mean, I wanted to be home as quick as I could to be, see my baby and stuff like that. So they kind of, you know, let me leave and leave a little early leave. I only missed the last game, which then both teams weren't playing for playoffs. So, essentially, it wasn't meaning anything. But, uh, you know, I have none of good things about there. You know, they let me leave and go home. So it was good to, you know, be home early. So – it was, but it's like you said, it's different over there. It's a lot different than being over here and certain stuff. So I got lucky that they allowed me. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently had Malcolm Hill in the podcast and he was talking about how like everything's kind of more cutthroat over there. Like if you're not performing, yeah. then, what, 10 games, you're done. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's exactly, that's a perfect word. It is cutthroat over there. Uh, it's not for the weak hearted. A lot of people think when you go to, as an American, you go over there, I'm just going to average 20 dominate the game it's just not the case you know it's uh people get a rude awakening going over there for their first years and I feel like that's why a lot of people come back so quick because like you said it's it's cutthroat like you don't play good first 10 games and as being an American uh, import um they they, they want to look for something else so you know there's their jobs on the line too and you have to look at it as a business and I figured that out this year um very you know the business side of it so I'm just fortunate that, you know, I had a good opportunity in two leagues to show what I could do and uh, move forward. I think I'm going to be in good shape. But, yeah, it's cutthroat. That's, you know, it ain't for soft people to go over there and play for sure. Uh, so what's – I mean, what are the next steps now? Um, obviously, you're going to be home for a while um, just because it's the off season. But yeah, uh, are you looking forward to signing with a new team here, here shortly or – yeah, whatever my agent thinks, I'm just grinding right now. I'm just grinding, you know, every day, trying to get better, you know, really trying to take it up a notch. You know, like you said, you know, motivation, I don't think I've ever tapped into. And, uh, 
just been, you know, I've been working my butt off these since I got back and just doing, you know, everything I can, but that's just what I got to do. You know, um, the opportunity is going to come and uh, I believe that God will put the right situation in my, in my hands and I'm going to take advantage of it and be ready. That's all I can do. And I've been watching, you know, I've been trying to watch more Kobe, you know, Brian stuff and his mentality is like what I'm trying to get. Cause I see, honestly, I tell everyone's like, Hey, you don't take a break when I get back. You know, overseas is a long season and we practice twice. You know, some teams are practicing twice a day. We did every day. And, you know, it's a lot, you know, throughout the whole year. But I just, I see all these young players in my gym. I train with my, uh, you know, competitive greatness on Instagram. You know, it's Taylor Mayer. He went to IU, not Purdue. But he, uh, he, does a, he does a good job getting players in and, you know, working us out. But I see all these young kids in high school working out, you know, just as much as I am. And this is what I get paid for, you know for a living in college guys. So I'm looking at it like, I can't let these guys get a leg up on me or even try to catch up to me. So I'm um, just really trying to, you know, be great. And uh, I know next year, it's, I'm not really too worried about it right now, you know, kind of focusing on my game and being my family, but I know something's going to come soon and I just let my agent handle it right now. So it's a waiting game. Yeah. So you were, I, I think you were with PJ Thompson the other day, weren't you? Yeah. That's, you know, that's actually one of my, you know, Grew up with him, played with him on AAU, played against him. That's one of my longtime friends. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love PJ. Obviously, he's a Purdue guy. Um, yeah. I've had him on the podcast. He's super dope. Uh, yeah, he's a dope man. That's my, that's, my, that's my guy for life, man, for sure. I think he's sticking around with Purdue. I don't know if he said anything. I don't think it's out there. But the rumors were coming in that he was he, – Yeah, maybe so. I don't want to give out his business or nothing, but he <laughs> – you know, he's a he's a great, you know, as you know, he was a great floor leader, leader type guy. So the whole coaching route that he's going fits him so well. And, you know, he even got in and played with us a little bit the other day. He can still play a little bit, you know, they oh PJ, but you know, we got a couple wins, but always love to see him, man. And, you know, he's he's done a lot for, you know, Purdue and a lot of stuff. So mm-hmm. and I mean, within that group, it's a ton of just Indiana guys. Um, so how nice is it to, when you're at home, you have a group of guys that, I mean, they know the culture of, of basketball here and they want to get better. How nice is that to have that little, uh, safe haven to go to? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, Indiana is a little bit different people, you know, everyone loves basketball here. They want to be good at it. They want to play. And, um, you know, a lot of guys are hungry to get better. That's my main thing right now is when I'm in the gym, I just trying to push these younger guys to understand what you got to really do to play at that next level. So, excuse me, but um, so that's what I do every day, but it, it, it's good to see, you know, other Indiana players, you know, growing up in the same areas and, you know, same opportunities. So it's, uh, I love it. You know, I just, I love taking pride in being from Indiana. I'm from Kokomo, you know, I live up here in Carmel right now, but I still rep Kokomo. So, <laughs> but I love it, man. It just, it makes me better. You know, they push me and I push them. So. Mm-hmm. And I mean, from just outside looking in, I, I don't know if many other people would think it's cool, but I think it's super cool to have all these guys from Ball State, um, the kid from Laveria, I think it's his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, from Indiana State, like PJ. Yeah. I think it's super cool that all you guys get together and can hoop a little bit. And yeah. yeah, we actually, you know, it's, we're going to have more people, you know, we – we, you know, a lot of people are still coming back from overseas. And when they finish up, you'll see just how many more pro Indiana guys there is out there. And a lot of people don't understand that there's so many great basketball players that are kind of flying under the radar that are from Indiana, born and raised. And uh, 
I think we all take pride in the summer pushing each other to get better. I know I do because they make me better, you know. So um, I'm, I, I love it. Like you said, I think it is cool. It's dope, you know, just to be around an environment and be around guys that, you know, are from your area. But I like, you know, I like when other people come in because, you know, we get to show them how we play and how we get down. So it's good. And you mentioned you were from Kokomo. Uh, while I was doing a little bit of research, I mean, you guys were so good when you were – you won sectionals four straight years in a row. Yeah. Never uh, lost a sectional game. Yeah, never lost a sectional game. I mean, how special were those runs? Uh, it was – it gives me chills thinking about it. My freshman year, we went to state and lost to Bloomington South. And then the next two year, three years, we lose to the state champion. I lost to Carmel back-to-back years and then lost to Homestead and all that stuff. So, um, it was amazing. You know, it was hard to do it. You know, our, our sectional at that time, people would say, hey, it was a little bit weaker. But, hey, it's hard to do four in a row. <laughs> I don't care what you say. So, um, I, I loved it. Uh, we had a great environment and uh, Memorial Gym in Kokomo. You know, we used to, you know, get that place rocking. And uh, it's been good. You know, it's been good to me. I get, I've been able to get back there and uh, watch some Kokomo Bobcat games. I don't know if you heard about the – it's got like a new TBL league and uh, it's all – it's. It's like a pro league and they got professional oh. teams all over. It's, it's like trying to, you know, give a different, you know, professional outlet for guys that are trying to, you know, go play and, you know, eventually probably go overseas or something. So it's been a, you know, they've been having some fun games there and just, it just brought me back to how great those runs were. And it, it was just never lost, man. So I can't, you know, I don't know what it's like to lose in those times. <laughs> I, just, I thought I saw something about that uh, maybe a few weeks ago when uh, Gino, Gino's playing in it, and yeah, he's Jake- playing on the Bobcats team, yeah. And then Jaquiel Taylor, I think, is in it too. He's yeah, he is. They used to play at Purdue, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'm gonna have to go out there and catch a couple games. Yeah, you honestly should. Kokomo honestly probably has the best like environment right now because mm-hmm. they love basketball in Kokomo, and they just they they've gravitated to the team and they play good and it's good basketball to watch. So it's been mm-hmm. fun. Were any of those runs most special to you? I know. I mean, I know you're. The freshman year you got I to say, yeah, I would say freshman year was, you know, obviously, but my senior year, I, I came back. I tore my ACL the second game in football, mm-hmm. and I came back and played in four months, which people thought I was crazy. And uh, I might have been a little crazy. Who knows? But, I, you know, shout out to my trainers, my rehab, you know, all my people, but they pushed me. But we beat uh, my buddy James Blackman in, like, the sectional semifinal. And it was just sold out. It was like the most packed game. I and it was at home, and you know they beat us by thirty in a year. And then we came back, you know, and I came. I w- I didn't play. And then it, that honestly was the more special run because like I came back to prove something that like I could still play. And it was a, and we ended up winning. And then we lost to Caleb Swan again in the in the you know in the first round of regionals, which not, I don't know too many people that could guard him in college. Too many people definitely couldn't guard him in high school. So um, it, it was it was good, man. But that that run was special because, you know, we, we beat the team that was favored and all that. So and, and it was my buddy, me and James Blackman go way back, just like P.J. Thompson. And I, and I love to beat him because I got the little bragging rights on him. He couldn't stop me. So, mm-hmm. I mean, when uh, you guys are in high school, I, me- I remember watching Gary Harris when I was in. Oh, yeah. Sixth grade. Just, oh, my God. Okay, he was ridiculous. And then they had Zach Irvin on that team too. You went you went to Noblesville. So you he when he hit the game winning shot, he ran around yeah. the whole Yeah. I was yeah. there because uh that was when Ronnie was committed to Purdue. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Gary Harris was the best high school player I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. He's up there. 
I saw Kyle Guy one time. He played at Noblesville. But, I mean, when you guys, the people that are super talented like you and, I mean, you mentioned James Blackman and Biggie, do you guys just know that you're going to take over every game? I mean, I, I, I mean, if anybody, if you ever talked to anybody and mentioned my name, you, they probably would say, yeah. Because that, I mean, me, confidence is probably the best thing about me, you know, my personality and on the court. Like, I just, I, I feel like I'm always going to win. Like, I don't care about, you know, missing a shot or what people are going to think about me. I just kind of zone in. I think the elite players that I've ever played with, they all, you know, they just kind of lock in. They don't care. You know, these guys are super, you know, the guys we mentioned are big, athletic, skilled, and all this stuff. And as I'm getting there now, I'm getting way more skilled than I used to be. But back then, I used to be just sheer trying to win, just, you know, all that. So, um, definitely, I always thought I was going to win. I wasn't scared of no moment. You know, might have been some games in college where, damn, we playing against, you know, these teams. But, you know, if you go into a game thinking you're going to lose, to me, you already lost. There's no – why play the game if you think you're going to lose? I'm not, you know, I'm not out here, you know, they, it's the we play the same game, you know? So um, I've always loved the competition aspect of, you know, even being in Indiana playing. And then that's probably my biggest thing about what's made me so successful so far is how competitive I am. And I always thought I was going to win. So, yeah, I think so. You take over and win it. You got to. (laughs) Especially at that level. You have to, especially, man, you, what are they going to do? You know? So, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I could only imagine you playing in high school, but uh, so my boss is originally from Kokomo. His name's Travis Miller. Oh yeah, that's awesome, man. So he he was when I told him that you were coming on the the podcast, yeah. he was like, "You need to ask him about the torn ACL because you tore it in 2013, yeah, like August September ish, and then you ended up coming back in February, actually, day before my birthday, August 30th. I remember it like yeah. yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you came back in four months. What was that process like of just getting back on the court? Uh, Honestly, it was just a mental battle. Um, I got so lucky. My doctor was actually my coach's, uh, you know, brother-in-law. And, um, you know, he he did a great job. Um, But honestly, I (laughs) look, I I can say it now. I'm out of high school and stuff. They let me miss a lot of school, to be honest. I, Mm -hmm. I went to rehab all the time. They let me go in the pool you know, shout out to Kokomo, you know what I'm saying? But I, I literally just grinded every single day, hours on hours, the most, the most I could, rested when I could, you know, had, I think I did everything you could do to get back as quick as I did. And I'll never forget, <clears throat> I'm in Lafayette, Jeff, we're playing at Lafayette, Jeff, and it's about three months, maybe a little after three months after my ACL, you know, I just started like doing a little bit of running and stuff and not too much. And we're, we're at Lafayette Jeff, we're playing and I'm, you know, I'm on the sideline, obviously I'm not playing yet. And my doctor comes there cause he's like closer to Lafayette he's from Fort Wayne and stuff. So, um, you know, I, he go, he tells me to go in the back gym, you know, how big uh, Lafayette Jeff's gym is. They have so many different gyms. So, and he gives me a ball and he like puts me through this workout and I'm like, he's like, go run as hard as you can and jump off your bad knee. And I'm like, all right. I mean, he's the doctor. What am I supposed to do? No, you, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, I didn't go to school for this. So, so I did it. And then after that, he looked at like how I was moving and he said, he said, uh, you're completely healed. Now you just got to get back. And I was at like three months, a little after three months. So it realistically was super quick. I have uh, my trainer, Rob Comer. He, uh, he, he, he worked at replay. He's, he's a good friend of mine, but he pushed me and he was, you know, nice with me and he knew how hard I wanted to work. And 
it was just a blessing and it worked out. And then, you know, I ended up being an Indiana All-Star that year, which a lot of people, I didn't play half the season, which is hard to do. And that 2014 class, you look back and see all the talented players that didn't even make it on that team and was on that team. I mean, it's just elite player after elite player. So it was, it was tough, man. But it showed me a lot about how you can push through anything mentally. You can push through physically. Like, you don't know how, much, how far your mind can take you, you know, and then your body will follow. So I just – I pushed through it, man. I think I'm tough. You know, I thought I was a little tough. You know, shout out to Kokomo for letting me, you know, work out every day. You know, miss some classes. Still graduated. Graduated college, too, at that. So <laughs> – um, so, I mean, that was going to lead me to my next point, making that Indiana all-star team after that season that you'd been through, what did that mean to you when you finally like got the news? Oh, I remember like it was yesterday. I was in, uh, I was in spring break, you know, my senior spring break and my coach, my coach told me if I, if I could beat James Blackman, honestly, this way he said to me, if I could beat them in that section or win a section that, he thinks I can make it. Cause I play, I had great numbers. they just half the time. So. I remember being on spring break and him calling me and just calling my dad and like having a moment with him because that's what he always wanted for me is to be an Indiana All-Star kind of. And he wanted me to be an Indiana All-Star in football and basketball, which I, I had a chance to do that in football too, which I was, you know, I, I played for four years. You know, I was, you know, it was, mm -hmm. I, I played that just as well. So, um, but it meant a lot to me, but it meant a lot to like call my dad and share that with him because I know how much it meant to him. Mm-hmm. And is that is that torn ACL? Is that the reason that you kind of stuck with basketball or was it just because you were better? I mean, yeah, for sure. I don't know what would have happened if I would have continued that season and more people would have tried to recruit me for football. But my whole life I've been I love I've always said I love basketball and I liked football. You know, I love to play football, but I, I like that was the only thing in my life that has been a constant that I can do and it, it just takes my mind off of other things and it's just like a safe haven for me so I really do love the game I'm true to that so but uh yeah definitely you know my last football play was tearing my ACL I definitely nah, I don't want to play no more <laughs> uh, I mean I mean like you mentioned that Indiana all-star team was absolutely loaded it was ridiculous loaded. I was looking at it earlier it was you Trey Lyles James Blackman Jr. Trayvon Blewett, P.J. Thompson, Brian McIntosh, Tyler Weidman, um, and then two of your teammates at uh, Ball State were on that team as well. I mean, just insane. Be around those guys and practice with them every day. You know, we had really great practices. I think that was the coolest part about it. And I was just now getting back. Like, that was, you know, after my ACL, playing all that, and I – played like almost every minute every game so I was tired and it was just good to good experience before I went to northern Kentucky for my first year and you know I ended up having you know a great year so it was you know it was it kind of slingshot in me I feel like mm -hmm. and talk about that mm -hmm. recruiting process because I know um, from what I've seen your only d1 offer was northern Kentucky yeah I signed early because I was a man I, I'm a loyalty kind of guy like I felt I've been killing dudes that got recruited over me for years and I always felt under recruited, which I was, mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, it's just, I mean, it's just call it what it is. And I always had that chip and I, I wanted to, you know, Northern Kentucky believed in me and they told me right away that they wanted me to lead their program and all this stuff. And I believed that and they let me play good. You know, we had a good year. We're only, that was only like the third year D one. So they were starting to figure it out. 
but you know, I'll just call it like it is. I, I, I was under recruited. I signed early and I just felt like I, I deserved to give them that. And it was a good opportunity for me. And uh, it, it worked out, you know, I wish I could have, it was, things were different because my coach got fired and I left there after my freshman year and then went to Ball State. But, you know, everything happens for a reason. So it, it, it worked out. Mm -hmm. And I mean, did, did you carry that chip on your shoulder? Like, was that something that you thought about often? Like if you're playing a guy that was more recruited than you, I guess, or a team that you maybe wanted to go to and then they didn't give you an offer? I mean, that, yeah, yeah, I would say the only time that I really felt that is playing up against Purdue, to be honest, because I, I mean, I always felt under-recruited, but I was going against anybody anyway. Like, I was going to try to kill anybody who I was playing yeah. against, regardless if they were the number two player in the world or they were a dude that's going to – not playing college. Like, that's how my mentality was, but – when I originally transferred, I had a visit to Purdue, which I don't, I think Matt Painter talked about this story, you know, in public. And I was on my official visit and, you know, Purdue, tough school, how I play, just like the right fit, like I thought it was. And, uh, you know, Caleb Swanigan decommitted on my visit. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I'm a realist. I mean, he told me straight up, you know, I got nothing but respect for him you know, for how he handled it and everything. Cause let's be honest, dude was all American, you know what I'm saying? So it's a different, he was a game, he was a game changer for their program, but I felt like I could have been, I, I could have been anything, you know, I, I'm a, I could, when you feel, you still got to have confidence in yourself and um, I'm a realist, but I know how valuable I could have been to any team, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and when we played against, we played against you my senior year, it was, I thought we, we could have got you a little bit. Had a good first half, but then uh, Noah Eastern just he just sat me down the second half. He said, "He said you're going to take a break for this second half." So I mean, it yeah. was a good, it was fun though. But that was probably the only time I wanted to, you know, as much respect I have for Coach Painter and the whole staff over there and the team. You know, you know, a little bit of me like, hey man, you know, you you know, he could have worked a little harder for me too. But you know, that's how it is. You know, that's a business. Everything's a business. You know, you got to learn that early that. You got to do what's best. You know, people, coaches and stuff, what players don't realize now is they're trying to feed their family and keep a job and all this stuff. So it, it worked out, though. I love being a Ball State, and that's where I was meant to be at anyway. So it was, it was great. Mm -hmm. um, I remember reading a story where you were compared to Chris Kramer. Yeah. For you to come to Purdue, I mean, you would have fit in seamlessly, yeah. in my opinion. I'm kind of – I'm upset that we didn't – we didn't get to watch you play in the black and gold. I know. It would have been fun. You know, you never know. Um, yeah, they always compare me to Chris Kramer. I feel like we're different because he was an elite defender, and I'm, I feel like I'm a little bit better on offense than that man. Oh, yeah. You know, because, you know, he played hard no matter what. You know what I'm saying? And I, I respect that. Um, so when – I mean, recently there's been a lot of talk about the transfer portal and – uh, whether it's good or bad, obviously you you transferred from Northern Kentucky to Ball State. Um, what what are your thoughts on the whole transfer portal thing? I know it didn't look the same as when you were. Uh, it's a lot different, and you know it's hard to give a real you know good answer about that because it worked out for me. You know my coach got fired. You know somebody I committed to and I trust and all that stuff. And it's not like I didn't like the guy they brought in. It's just when you commit to something, you know, and I transferred. So it worked out for me. I met Coach Whitford, you know, who's like a, you know, a big brother, big uncle to me. So 
and the whole coaching staff there. I have Coach Crunk, Coach Thornton, Coach Peters, who was all there, Crenshaw, just everyone was there, was meant to be in my life and help me out. So to me to say, you know, it, it wasn't the right decision. It was perfect for me and it worked out for me. And I'm happy I was able to do that. But I mean, let's be honest, we're living in a world now where kids are, you know, trying to do what's best for them. And, you know, you can't really blame them for that. You know, they're trying to look out for themselves and they're trying to, I mean, you're going to figure that out that when you go to the next level, you, you obviously want to be a team and be loyal and then people are going to like that. But I can't ever fault somebody for wanting to, you know, get a better situation for themselves. I feel like some kids are misguided though. And, you know, we'll leave a good situation to go chase something at a higher major or a different opportunity that they don't need to anymore. I feel like with today's technology and scouting and all this stuff, you can go to a mid-major, get drafted, go do all this stuff. There's so many different ways. You can go play D2, get drafted. You can go – it just – I mean, you see where people are coming from every day and playing it. And uh, you'll learn as – you know, I've learned as I'm getting older and playing – no matter where you go, there's dudes that can hoop. So, I mean, sometimes it works out for the, you know, dudes, but, you know, I feel like some of the times that these kids are transferring off rip, they're misguided and don't want to push through, but Hey, who am I to judge? You know, they're trying to guess what's right for them. So I think it works out. I wish I didn't have to sit out a year. There's people that got like eight years of college right now. I don't even know what's going on. I'm seeing people playing seven years and stuff. So it's just a crazy time right now. I think NCAA is, Obviously, with, you know, the COVID and everything, they're trying. But, I mean, who knows what the best choice, you know, decisions are. So, but best of luck to whoever does it. You know, hopefully, you know, I, we just lost at Ball State, Jerron Coleman. You know, that's my that was my – he's going to Missouri now. And, you know, I wish he would have stayed, you know. I think he could have led them somewhere. But, hey, you know, congrats to him. But that's just how it is, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think Jalen Coleman lands – this yeah. is going to be his seventh year, and he graduated in 15 a year after you. Yeah, I played with him, and he played – actually, he played with, like, me and PJ back on Indy Ice. We had, like, two teams. He played on the other team. It, it's just crazy, man. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm about to be three years professional player – I mean, playing professional, and he's, you know, a year after me, and he's still in college. It's just crazy yeah. the <laughs> dynamic of how you can play. But, hey, do it. College was fun, and, you know, it's high-level basketball, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, and then as far as the bid majors, you look at someone like John ja Morant, who went Absolutely. to Murray State. I mean, he is kind of like a different, a different. Uh, I don't know if we could, we could talk about John ja Morant. He's a that's, different animal. He's a beast. Yeah, I don't know. There's not too many John ja Morants around there. Yeah, that sounded a lot better in my head. But it, uh, I mean, look. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, what? It's true, though. It's true, though. It's been made. I mean, it's true, though. It's still a true point. So, I mean, you're right. Yeah, I mean, so. When you did transfer from uh, North Kentucky, uh, was it Ball State and Purdue were the were your only two options? Or I know you went you were going to go on a visit to to Xavier, but what other schools were in the mix? Uh, I mean, I had probably you know fifty or so schools reach out. You know, I I like Xavier because I was in Northern Kentucky, so it was easier for me to go over there and you know be around the guys and talked. And I was I knew Trayvon Blue well. Um, I would say it was between you know Purdue. Ball State, you know, Xavier, you know, I was going to go on a visit, but it didn't end up, like, panning out. And then I was at – I went on my visit to Ball State. Those are kind of the three that I narrowed it down to. So I didn't really want to go super far away, to be honest. You know, my family was important to me. I didn't want to be right at home. I was only an hour away, which, you know, might have been – it was perfect, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. 
it come to all my games. And uh, I know it would have hurt my dad and my grandparents to not be able to come see a lot of my games throughout my life because they've watched everything. So, but looking back, I wish I'd have took, you know, a couple more visits, you know, just to do it. Mm -hmm. But uh, Ball State, I knew when I got there what I needed to get better at, and they made it a point to tell me what that they would let me, you know, work on my shot and do these things. And my coach at Ball State, Coach Whitford, you know, I love him to death. He taught me how to be a pro before I became a pro, just the way to treat the game, your body. And I might not have, I might have been hard headed a lot as a, you know, young college kid and not heard him on a lot of that. But I retained a lot of it when I went my first year, and I felt like I was a step ahead of a lot of guys that didn't have that same mentorship that he was giving us. And uh, I really took advantage of that. And I feel like that's why I'm, you know, I always, I'm good, but I, I feel like I'm successful because of, you know, that. Mm. And what in particular sold you on, on Ball State? He, uh, he just, he, he, made it, he made it feel like a high major program with what he was bringing in. We had a, I was the first team that got to play in our new practice facility, which it took way too long. You know how these projects take supposed to be <laughs> two years. They sell you on two years and you get you in your fourth year. So, I mean, it, it was, it was good to be there. Um, their player development is really strong there. He, he knows what he's talking about. He lives and breathes the game. And I mean, as a coach, that's what you want. You want a dude that he's not telling me he's the best coach in the world, but he's trying to be. And I'm, I know I'm not the best player in the world, but I'm trying to be too. So, I mean, um, it just was a perfect fit. Mm -hmm. I mean, and then once you got there, things kind of took off for you. You had a great career. Only mm -hmm. guy in Ball State history to score 1,500 and um, have 400 assists, and you did it in only three seasons. Yeah, um, so, I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, and then you were obviously all Mac all three years. Uh, what are mo some of the most memorable moments from – from those three years? Uh, you know, I would say, obviously, you know, looking back, it was these, these relationships I built. But, you know, my junior year, it's hard not to talk about, you know, hitting all them game winners and stuff. And I kind of looking back, you know, it kind of is like a blur to me. But it, I hit them back-to-back -back games and, like, you know, and, and how I did it in that little time frame, I was like, dang, I really – I don't think I've seen too many people do that before, if I'm being honest. But – I, uh, you know, I, I felt like, you know, to all my Ball State fans that even check this out, you know, whatever, I, I felt like I left something on the table. You know, I, I really wanted to bring a championship back there because they know how I was there. I love the fans. They love me. You know, I embraced that. It's Kokomo's like Muncie to me, you know, you know, hard, you know, hard work in town, you know what I'm saying? So blue collar. And I felt like I, I, I really felt bad that I couldn't bring home a championship. But the Mac back then, was no joke at all. I mean, people don't realize how good Mac basketball is and uh, how hard it is to win a championship or even games on the road in the Mac. But I would say probably my junior year, my senior year was definitely the toughest for us because we struggled. We played good at the beginning and then we kind of struggled with everything. But uh, it was fun. You know, my sophomore year, I played with one of my best friends to this day, Ryan Weber, and that was and that was great to be there on that team and so many guys. So. It was just – I think it was just, the, you know, me being there, I just really wish we could have got a championship and I, that would have made everything perfect. Or, you know, at least get to the game because I know what would happen if we got there. So, you know. <laughs> How do you think that you progressed as a player just in those three years? I mean, four years technically, but – Yeah, I mean, I just – I think – I mean, I, I when I got to Ball State, I was bigger guard, always posting up, kind of like using my body. And then I think 
throughout the years, I got more skilled. You know, I worked on, you know, my skill aspect, you know, Coach Witt, like I said, and the coaching staff did a great job with skill development for me. And uh, I feel like these last two summers in my game, I took the biggest, you know, leaps, which is just like, I know how much more better I can get. And it's just like, there's always stuff you can work on. So, um, you know, I had had opportunities to talk with like Kevin Durant before, um, like through Athletes in Action. He just was like saying that he works on a move that he felt, and that's Kevin Durant going in the gym and working. He said he will work on the same move over and over again until he feels right in his hands. So I'm like, this is Kevin Durant, you know, talking to me like this. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, come on, you know, his game is tight. It is yeah. one of the best in the world. So it's just like, you can always get better. And I think that's what separates good to great players or, you know, good, okay to good players. As, as high as your ceiling can take you, I feel like you can keep pushing the boundaries. And that's what I'm doing right now. I feel like my game is really expanding and getting better. So it's got to keep, keep grinding, man. I, I'm only 25. I got a lot left in me, hopefully. So God left me. Mm-hmm. And going back to those, those, uh, those game winners. Obviously, the most notable one was probably against Notre Dame. Yeah, and being ninth in the country. After you hit your first one, like when you're in those uh, situations, does a basket just feel bigger? Ah, uh, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just—I don't know if the basket feel bigger, but in my brain, it, it feels something feels, you know, I, I have to, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like it's a different, a different zone that I feel like when people hit these shots, I feel like you're so locked in at the moment, kind of just like, you know, it's like hard to like remember it exactly. Cause I just was like, Hey, I'm going to shoot this thing. If I miss it, Hey, you know, it is what it is at that point. You know, I don't care. You know, I, it's, it's my team, you know, I'm trying to be on my shoulders, but. Yeah, after I hit the second one, I was like, hey, man, you know, I'm going to just keep shooting these, these pull-up. You know, a couple of them were bad shots, you know. So, um, it was it, – it was – my teammates trusted me, and I had all confidence in the world. So, just, just – I feel like you just lock in and get into a different zone, you know what I'm saying, at those end of the games for those clutch players that went that moment. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm a Purdue guy, like, yeah. I was root for Ball State, Butler, IUPUI, IPOW. Uh, the only two schools I don't root for are Notre Dame and IU, uh, just because I'm. If you if you was about to say IU, I'd be like, I don't know if you're a real Purdue fan. Who you work for? But yeah, I mean, when when you hit that shot against Notre Dame, I was going nuts because we were watching it. Um, I mean, was the uh, coming out of the huddle um, when you had the ball in your hand? Did you just know that you're going to pull up and take the shot? Yeah, no question. Everybody, I think everybody, there was probably, I'll say over 100, 150 Ball State fans. And I bet you if you ask every one of them who's going to shoot it, they'd probably say me. Mm-hmm. They knew what was going on. You know, I had a feeling in my head. It's weird, like, thinking about it now. But uh, when he, when Matt, when Farrell hit that shot to tie it up, I was like, I just remember shaking my head going down the court, like, you know, I'm about to shoot this. I, if I make it, it's going to be – crazy but I mean if I don't we'll go to overtime we've been we've been playing good so and I just remember I kind of knew where my dad was at and like me and my dad have this bond where he's you know he's been to every game and yeah he knew he told me he said he knew as soon as I got the ball I was gonna make it and I, I kind of felt that to be honest and I mean it is what it is you, I can I 
you, you can believe it or not, but, I mean, that's how it kind of works. But the next game is what was crazy, hitting against Valpo, because it was back-to-back games, and that was in front of our home fans, and we were losing. So if I missed that, I was going to look like a, they were going to be mad at me. So <laughs> no, I don't think they'd be mad at you after another <laughs> damn game. I didn't hit it. Where it got off the hook. Yes, uh, we'll never have to know, though, because it yeah. didn't happen. <laughs> um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to wrap things up. But, uh, yeah, it is perfect. Um, I just wanted to ask, who are a couple of the best players that you played against um, at any level? Best players I played against at any level? I mean, there's like open – you were talking about a real game or you talking yeah, like, okay. open, like so, a real game? Yeah. Uh, D'Angelo Russell in – Best player I've ever played against, and was like, that's the Trey Young at Oklahoma playing against him. I was like, yeah, this dude's probably the best player I've ever played against because he was so sick with the ball. Mm-hmm. And then my freshman year, listen, his first collegiate game was against Frank Kaminsky, Sam Decker, the year that they went to won a championship. And uh, that was my first collegiate game, and I'll never forget the ball. Like, I didn't get back on D, and it just goes over my head. And Frank Kaminsky just slams it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, these dudes are for real. And <laughs> Sam Decker's like a 6'9 guard. So um, probably those guys. And, you know, obviously I have, like, Trey Lyles that I played with, James Blackman, Trayvon Blewett, uh, Keelan Martin. I would say he's up there too because I, I got to bring him up because this open gym because I had never played him in college or nothing, but he's up there too. So Keelan's you know, a dog. Yeah, he's a big dog. That's my dog. Yeah. You know, all of them are. So it's been good. Um, is there any, is there like one or two guys you could pick out as probably the most talented that you've played with? Like on the same team, not open gym. Most talented players I ever played with, Jaquan Lyle. Oh, I remember him. He, he was, was a, he's, still, he's still good. Um, Trey Lyle, James Blackman, Trayvon Blue, they're all tied. Mm-hmm. They're the most talented by far and the best that I've ever played with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All in your class, all. Yeah. I mean, all great players, you know. Bryant McIntosh, mm-hmm. and he was sick. He is, you know, a great friend, so he's, he was great, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, man. Well, I'm going to let you go. I mean, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I've been I've been a fan of yours for a long time, um, so it's nice to sit down virtually. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. And talk. Yeah, man. Thank you for everything. And, you know, everybody check out his podcast whenever I, you know, I've been checking you out and you do great jobs. Thanks for allowing me to come talk a little bit. And if you ever need me to come spice things up a little bit, I will. So I appreciate it. All right, man. Sounds good. Take care. Yeah, you too, brother. Bye-bye.